It's Locked on Canes on a Friday. We made it, guys. The weekend is almost here. And thank you for making Locked on Canes your first Miami Hurricanes listen of the day. On this episode, you will find out what made Mario Cristobal extra frustrated during Thursday's practice and what he's doing about it. But first, let's talk to a former University of Miami football player. Let's relive the glory day, shall we? He was on a team that won the national championship. And then the very next year, we're literally a flag in the end zone in overtime away from winning a second straight title. It's frustrating to relive it, but we can talk about the past, present, and future with our guest coming up. We'll be keeping up with the cane right now. I am Alex Dono, your host of Locked on Canes, Miami native, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, University of Miami pre- and post-game host on the radio network, and I am a University of Miami alum. In fact, part of my time at the U uh, directly intersected with when my guest was kicking butts playing on the offensive line. Rashad Butler is with us. Rashad, I think 2005 was your last year, right? Yes, 2005 was my last year. And you were, and, and this is something, and we're going to circle back to this, but I brought this up in the opening. I cannot wait to pick your brain on just the ecstasy and the agony of being on a national championship winning team. Uh, you redshirted the first year, but you were part of that team in 2001. Mm -hmm. Then you were part of the team that experienced the heartbreak in 2002. But let's talk about more fun things first before we get into <laughs> some of your old stories at the University of Miami. And I should mention, you know, Rashad Butler, tremendous offensive tackle, had a nice NFL career as well. Most of that spent with the Houston Texans. And Rashad, I really wanted to bring on an offensive lineman because I look at the University of Miami football team. You know, earlier this week, we were breaking down the strengths and the weaknesses on the roster. And I think uh, one of the two biggest weaknesses on paper, talking about position groups, is going to be the offensive line this year. And I think the projecting st projected starting lineup could end up being Zion Nelson at left tackle, Jalen Rivers at left guard, Ja'Kai Clark at center, uh, perhaps the transfer from Oregon, Logan Sagapolu could be the starting right guard, Michael McLaughlin coming off a redshirt year could be the starting right tackle. So there, there's some upside to this group, but... Not a whole lot of depth on this offensive line, Rashad, and a lot of the same faces from an O-line that struggled last year. So something I'm really curious to get your opinion on is somebody who played one of those positions, uh, multiple positions of those, I would assume. You bounced around, I'm sure, throughout your life. How much can coaching fix it in one year? Because I do think when you look at Cristobal being an offensive line coach at heart as the head coach, Alex Mirabal, regarded as one of the better offensive line coaches in the country, how much do you think they can improve and get out of that group one year removed from not being so great? I think they can make a huge jump. And I'm going to go with two reasons. Uh, the first reason you just addressed coaching. I think coaching is huge. And I think when you have a head coach who played the position, and then when you have uh, an actual position coach who I heard has been around a lot of great coaches and has worked with a lot of great players. I mean, just from a technical standpoint, that's going to make a huge difference. And I know Mario personally, because Mario, when I was there, he was the tight ends coach and he is going to be hard 
on those guys because Mario wasn't even our coach. And Mario sometimes would get in our ear when Coach Keo wasn't in our ear. So I know Mario is going to be on them. But it's good, though, because I think those guys need it. And my second reason is I think the scheme is going to help. I mean, I played in uh, the wide zone scheme uh, my entire career. I mean, we did a little bit of it at Miami, but at Miami, we was mostly uh, power. But, you know, we did switch it up with zone here and there. But once I got to the NFL and I got to Houston under Gary Kubiak, I was in that wide zone uh, scheme. And I think when you have offensive linemen that are athletic, that can get out and run, it just makes their job easier because defensive linemen, they hate the run laterally or sideways. And linebackers, man, I mean, they hate for big guys to constantly be after them and, you know, trying to cut them down and so forth. So I think coaching is going to make a world of a difference. And I think the scheme, man, I mean, I can't wait to see these guys because I love watching the wide zone scheme. I mean, San Francisco runs it really well uh, with Kyle Shanahan and, you know, uh, Mike McDaniel, who's now the head coach at the Miami Dolphins. So anytime I, I get a chance to watch teams that, have that type of scheme offensively. I love it. So I can't wait for the season to start and just see how those big guys up front are going to uh, adjust to that scheme. And I think they're going to adjust very well. What you said about coaching was very encouraging because I think everyone wants to hear that. And I think sometimes people take that for granted because when you're breaking down the NFL, for example, there's less teaching to be done at that level. But at the college level, um, I think position coaches can mold these players and nurture them a little bit more. Uh, I want to go back to something that you said, which made me smile a little bit when you talked about your time at Miami. Cristobal was on that staff, not coaching your exact position group, but he still got on you guys. Uh, and this is something I'm going to talk about a little bit later on in this episode. But, you know, Cristobal was widely reported uh, midweek. He stopped a practice right in the middle of it because he wasn't happy with the effort and the tempo, and he chewed his players out. A little bit, which uh, I, I love to hear that. And it's certainly Rashad. It, it sounds like something. And listen, I think this is good because I, I don't think these guys were disciplined enough under probably the last couple of head coaches. So I mm-hmm. love to hear this. And it's not surprising Mario is that guy who's going to chew them out when appropriate. I mean, listen, I think people have to understand Mario has been around excellence. You know, he's played uh, within excellence, you know, during his time at University of Miami playing with guys like Leon Searcy, I mean, uh, being coached by, I think he was coached by Erickson, if, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes. yes. I mean, so he's been on national championship teams and great teams, so he knows what it takes on a day-to-day basis if you want to get to that level. So, you know, you saying that, I'm happy to hear that because I think that's what these young guys need as far as they need to understand, like, listen, Yes, you are putting on that you on the helmet, but there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And you have to practice hard and you have to compete every day. And I think Mario is going to bring that back on a daily basis because I don't think under the last several head coaches, that was an emphasis on a daily basis in practice. Because I remember during my time there, specifically uh, my first few years, I mean, practices were intense and it wasn't intense from a standpoint that coaches were honest because they were. It was just intense from a standpoint because it was just so much talent and we were not afraid to compete with each other. I mean, we didn't care, you know, 
if a guy was starting, if a guy was backing up, if a guy was a walk-on. I mean, we just love to compete. And I think Mario understands that, hey, if the U wants to get back to the U, which I, which I know he believes and a lot of us believe, then these guys are going to have to understand it starts on Green Tree and it starts each and every day competing against one another the right way. And Mario Cristobal, he knows what the U really stands for because he was a part of it, right? He was mm -hmm. uh, he was a part of two national championship teams, 89 and 91. Uh, he was a coach on the staff for the 2001 championship, a team that you were a part of. So he knows the culture better than anybody. And, you know, going back several months when it became clear that Manny Diaz's time was coming to an end, um, Miami could have gone in a couple different directions, right? I mean, because there was mm -hmm. also rumors and reports about a guy like Lane Kiffin, who would have been obviously a great football coach, but a complete outsider to the culture. Miami ends up, you know, bringing Mario Cristobal home, a guy who knows what the U used to stand for. How important do you think that is, Rashad? Because I know that there are some people out there who who would say, and I think Mario's well-liked, but just in general, people have said, hey, maybe you should go for an outsider and not bring in you know, a, a, my, a former Miami guy to try and recapture the glory. But I think in the case of Mario, something really special to me that he brings is he's got the phone numbers and personal relationships of almost anyone who's ever stepped into that facility during the years when they were winning championships. And it looks to me like these former players like yourself want to be a part of what's going on. How important is that for the young players who are on the current roster to be around and be mentored by former greats? Listen, it means a lot, man. I remember um, when I was coming into Miami, for me, I was just in awe to see guys like Santana Moss, Dan Morgan, Reggie Wayne, all of those guys that were just only a year removed come back, uh, even to see at times um, Jim Kelly on the sideline, you know, guys like that, that, you know, I watched on TV growing up. I mean, it, it I mean, it, it means so much. And, you know, to have a guy like Mario come back into the program, I think you touched on it. I mean, he understands what, it need it, well. He understand what it's gonna take to get the U back to being the U. Not because you know he's a great coach, and of course he has the resume, you know. And I think that's a big thing why I love the hire too, because you know you just don't hire a guy just because hey a guy you know put on the orange and green at one time. You hired a guy because yeah he did put on the orange and green at one time, but the guy he paid his dues. You know he went to FIU, turned FIU around, went up to Oregon. I mean hell, I mean, put Oregon back on the map and so forth. I mean, hey, we see what Justin Herbert's doing. I mean, Oregon has put a lot of guys in the NFL, man, that are, you know, doing their thing in the NFL. So he has the resume. So I think when you combine a guy that played at the U and understands what it takes uh, to get the program back to where it was when I was there in the early 2000s and where it was when he was there, in the early 1990s, you know, mixed with, you know, the resume that, you know, Mario has uh, compiled over his uh, his coaching career, I think was a no-brainer, man. So I was happy to see, you know, the university and the boosters come together, man, and, and, and have the funds to get Mario in the door because it was big. Well said. We're joined here by former Miami Hurricanes offensive tackle Rashad Butler. We're going to take a walk down memory lane when we come back. Guys, 
I have really put a lot of time and effort into my personal fitness and health. I also have a sweet tooth that can make things difficult. Built Bar has solved that problem for me, guys. Have you tried Built Bar's new Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, guys. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. I'm replacing my candy bars with these. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Oh, I love that one. These are going to be your new favorite, guys. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, the puffs included. That's 100% real chocolate. They are low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these like I did. They are better, I'm telling you. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You're going to be blown away. High-protein, low-cal. High-fiber, low-carb. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories. 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. You can get Built Bar flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, guys, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. In fact, if they think a flavor might be good, they're going to make it, and it's going to be delicious, and it's going to be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. So go to built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. We are here with former Miami Hurricanes offensive tackle Rashad Butler. Uh, Rashad, we're trying to get Miami back to the glory days, which were, you know, at, at the tail end while you were at Miami. Uh, you were a true freshman redshirting as part of the 2001 National Championship team, which is something I will never forget. Uh, you know, I wasn't I wasn't quite around for 1983. I was born in 84. Don't remember 87 too well. 89 a little bit. 91 a little bit. 2001 was my wheelhouse. What was it like to be part of that culture, Rashad, to be part of a team you knew was by far the best in the country and, for my money, probably the best college team to ever play? Man, I'm going to be honest with you, Dono. Uh, for me, I was like a deer in headlights. And what I mean by that uh, was uh, I knew what I was getting myself into when – I made that commitment, but the minute I got a chance to see guys like Andre Johnson at the time, Linton Portis, uh, Najee Davenport, Ken Dorsey, Brian McKinney, Vernie Carey, Britt Romberg, um, Jonathan Vilma, DJ Williams, I can go on and on and on. I was just, I was, I, I, I don't want to say I was in awe, but I said to myself, man, I have a long way to go if I really want to play here. And from that moment, that's when I just said, you know what? I'm just going to do whatever these guys do. And when it comes time to practice, I'm just I'm just going to compete and show these guys, you know, who I am and show these guys that, listen, you know, it's a reason why I'm here with you. Um, I mean, with you all. 
But man, I mean, it was just a great atmosphere, man, because like I said, we competed every day. We had a bunch of competitive, uh, like, son of guns, man. I mean, we like, like, like we did, man. I mean, even my class alone, you talk about Frank Gore, who, you know, is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer in five years, you know, after announcing his retirement this past week. Um, Roscoe Parrish, Rocky McIntosh, Kelly Jenny, Sean Taylor, Andrew Rowe. Uh, I mean, man, Orion Harris, Leon Williams. I mean, that was the last class that Butch Davis pretty much put his stamp mm. of approval on. And I think it just goes to show you why Miami during that time when the Butch really turned the corner, man, because Butch and his coaching staff was they were great recruiters, man. But, yeah, going back to that 2001 team, man, I mean, it's just the one thing I remembered the most was just how hard everyone worked on a daily basis, how hard everyone competed, and honestly, how much we loved one another. And, you know, we got along great. I mean, listen, there were times where, you know, as freshmen, you know, we did get hazed because, you know, hazing was, uh, you know, appropriate uh, back in those days during that time. But it was nothing disrespectful. You know what I mean? It was nothing to where, you know, no one felt disrespected or anything like that. I just think that they wanted to make sure that, you know, we knew why we was here. And it's a privilege, you know, and an honor to be, you know, at the University of Miami. But, man, it was it was great times. I mean, one thing I remember the most was uh, in the old locker room, in the center, we had uh, the emblem of the U. And no one can walk on the U or no one can walk through the couches. So we had, I think, about three couches. We had like a TV when you first walk in and then we had um, couches to the left and the right and then and then another couch facing the TV and then the U emblem was right in the middle and no one can literally walk across the U or walk on it. And it was funny because, you know, you would think like, man, listen, someone's going to forget. People <laughs> forget at times as far as like, you know, younger guys that were just coming in, whether it was walk on or whether it was incoming freshmen, but after the first time or second time they did it, I mean, listen, they knew like not to do it anymore. But that was just the level of respect that, you know, we had for that program as far as all the players and all the coaches that came through that program and so forth. Now, again, I haven't been in the new locker room in a very long time since I think it was first uh, built. But, man, I mean, great memories, great memories. Yeah, and, and speaking of memories, I think it's unfortunate that the 2002 team won't be remembered the same way just oh, because just because you guys you didn't finish the job or were not yeah. allowed by a certain referee to finish the job because for as great as the 2001 team was, and I think technically it was slightly more loaded with first-round talent, like honestly, sometimes I think the 2002 team might have been even better. Like, it was great, especially with like the type of seat. Like, you had Ken Dorsey as a senior. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Willis McGahee had one of the best single-season uh, you know, running back seasons in Miami history. He was he did. incredible. He was so incredible that year. I mean, what was it like blocking for that dude? Because, uh, you know, I know that obviously offensive linemen make running backs jobs easier, but I'm sure it goes hand in hand. Like sometimes I'm sure a guy like that made your job easier. Man, I mean, Willis, in my opinion, um, when it came to all the running backs I've seen, 
at the University of Miami had the total package. Now I'll say this, you know, when it comes to Frank Gore, I think one thing Frank was always great at, and I understand Frank had the knee injuries and so forth, but you know, people forget. Uh, I saw Frank before, you know, both the knee injuries. And one thing Frank had, man, Frank was just elusive. I mean, Frank wasn't as strong as Willis, man, but Frank was just elusive. And I mean, Frank just always had that body, like that body lean to where he never like just fell back. He was always falling forward. And I just never seen that before. And I mean, again, we've all seen it in the NFL, like Frank just never fell backwards. Going back to Willis, man, Willis was just a total package, man. I mean, I just never seen a running back that strong, that fast, and that elusive, man. I mean, he was just a freak in nature. But that season in general, man, that season made me really have respect uh, for teams or individuals in individual sports that are trying to run it back because you know it's hard to get to the top of the mountain the first time but it's even harder man to make that climb the second time because you have so many paths on the back and now you have people gunning for you and it's just always harder knowing that you know what if i want to return back to where i was i have to even work harder see i think that's the thing a lot of people forget is like you know you can work hard the first time and things can happen in a way that can go in your favor to uh, help you reach the mountaintop. But the second time, you have to work even harder because a lot of things that went your way the first time may not go your way the second time, man. So it just made me appreciate, man, just a lot of the work we put in, man, because we put in a lot of work uh, throughout the summer with Andrew Swayze and even throughout the season because, I mean, we have some nail biters um, – that season, man. And again, I mean, it just goes to show people, man, that trying to run something back as far as a championship, it is very difficult. So any team or any individual that can do it, I have a lot of respect for them because I know how hard it is to even get, you know, or I guess even have a chance to stand at the top of the mountain the second time around. Well, this is unbelievable, and and hopefully this is a reminder. If there are any, if there's anybody listening to this who's maybe not old enough to remember what Miami was like when they were winning titles, I hope Rashad Butler gave you an idea of just how competitive and how amazing it was back in those days. And I always have to say that because, listen, 2001 doesn't feel like that long ago to <laughs> me, but I know there may be people listening to this who are like 19, 20 years old. Right. Like, I, I wasn't around for that. I don't remember that, so... It just makes us feel older. But Rashad Butler, I hope you and your family are well. Thank you so much for taking some time and for talking to some cases. It's been a pleasure, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent, of course. And, guys, I want to remind you, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. College football is going to be here before you know it, my friends. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships odds, podcast reviews for all the different leagues this season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Be sure to tune into Monday's episode of Locked on Canes. We should be chock full of information on the second scrimmage of the spring as Monday is going to be the final week of spring practice before the spring game on April 16th. So we'll have loads of stuff also early in the week next week. 
probably on Tuesday's episode, maybe Wednesdays at the latest, we are going to be bringing on an Oregon Ducks beat writer to take an inside look at Mario Cristobal's recent history there and what sort of a game day coach he was. I think we all know he's one of the best recruiters in the country, but as far as actually being the game day head coach, that's where he's drawn some criticism in the recent past. We are going to get the inside scoop on that. One thing I can tell you about Cristobal is he is very serious in his quest to bring aggression, physicality, and accountability back to the Miami Hurricanes. Here's a note from Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald during Thursday's practice. Cristobal stopped practice today because some things, including tempo and player speed between drills, were not to his standards. Practice resumed after stern, loud address from Mario, which is a very nice way to say there was a lot of yelling. Unlike past years, Barry writes, nothing is allowed to slide. And I think that's an important point because there were definitely some rumblings the last few years during the Manny Diaz regime that players could get away with a lot. That there was a little bit of laziness, a little bit too much of a lack of accountability. I can recall during the 2020 season, Mike Harley, you know, one of Miami's leaders in the receiving room, uh, admitted halfway through the year they just weren't working hard enough. The receivers were not working hard enough. They weren't doing any extra reps after practice. They were really just mailing it in, and then they kind of picked it up by their own accord later in the year. That's the type of stuff Mario Cristobal would never allow, that sort of a lackadaisical attitude to begin with. And, you know, this is this is the culture that he really learned in a couple of places. I mean, Cristobal, he played for the University of Miami during an era where they were winning national championships. So he had those habits set on him as a player. And as a coach, before he got to Oregon to become the head coach of the Ducks, let's not forget who he worked for. He was the offensive line coach under Nick Saban with the Alabama Crimson Tide. So he has been a part of, as Cristobal, you know, the Miami Hurricanes culture of the late 80s, early 90s, one of the hardest working cultures in college football history, even though, listen, I know that the players back then had the reputation of being kind of self-disciplined and that the inmates were running the asylum a little bit, but there was plenty of accountability on that team. So he went from that culture to later on working for probably the most organized, rigid coach in college football history in Saban. Here's another note on Mario Cristobal. This is a quote from after practice. This was shared by Christy Chirinos from HurricaneSports.com. Quote, uh, and I, I should give you the context here. Uh, Mario Cristobal, after today's practice, when asked if he's seen growth from day one of drills to now in terms of physicality, which has been a big focus, he says, quote, we have, we have, I stay on it pretty hard. I'm sure sometimes I come at that really hard. But because typically in the games and the levels we're trying to accomplish here at the University of Miami, that's going to be such a big part of it. It's critical to the growth of our program, but you see it. You see it in spurts. Teams that can play with good knee bends and flat backs in the fourth quarter, that can play with their hands inside, roll their hips, run through contact. Those teams are typically going to be successful. They're going to be able to wrap up and finish plays better. So you've got to practice it. Preaching it is fine. Talking about it is great, but you've got to practice it. And when it's not exactly what you want it to look like, you teach off it and you do it again. You see growth. You see progress towards what we're trying to be. 
I don't think that ever stops. I don't think you ever leave and say, wow, we're set, but there is progress and we're going to keep doing it. And I think uh, Hurricanes fans all over America, all over the world are really looking forward to actually, you know, watching the spring game a little over a week from now to see how much of that progress you can actually see. And we're talking about a spring game. And these guys are teammates at the end of the day. They're going to be competitive, but they're not going to be mauling each other and killing each other because they're all wearing the same jersey at the end of the day and no one wants to get injured at the end of spring ball. Uh, But I did take a lot out of last year's spring game, uh, specifically at the skill positions and the quarterback positions a year ago. So I'm looking forward to seeing how what Cristobal is doing translates. Uh, Another thing Cristobal is doing is uh, Miami hasn't stopped recruiting. And I think... When you see the way that Miami is trying to play the transfer portal, you get an idea they're not content with what they had at the defensive line positions, the edge rushers and the tackles heading into next year because they continue to address that group, guys. Uh, Miami has already added three so far in the transfer portal. Mitchell Agude from UCLA, Jacob Lichtenstein from USC, Antonio Moultrie from UAB have all joined since December. Agude is going to be competing at defensive end. Moultrie for a defensive tackle spot in the rotation. Lichtenstein can play both of those spots. They consider him to be a swing defensive lineman. But the Hurricanes uh, have hosted. He was visiting on Wednesday. Don't know how long he stayed, but potential transfer defensive lineman DJ Coleman FCS player from Jacksonville State, uh, and he does have a very good recent history at the FCS level with the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Third team All-American in 2019, second team All-American this past season. Uh, That was, it was spring of 2021, but the FCS had a weird season last year. Uh, Coleman, 56 tackles, 10.5 TFLs, 5 sacks, 26.5 quarterback hits during that 20. 19 season watching some film of this player today he looks the part uh looks borderline unblockable albeit against fcs offensive linemen so i don't know how his game would translate from fcs into acc for a team that has pretty lofty ambitions this year but he seems to have a lot of explosion off the jump and has good form on his tackles and sacks can get to the quarterbacks in a hurry seems to have good instincts at the position so uh if he if he does arrive I mean taking a visit doesn't necessarily mean Miami's gonna land him or even wants to necessarily offer him a scholarship but uh you have seen Miami has been aggressive trying to get experienced transfers to play various spots on the defensive line And this player, DJ Coleman, he's played three years at Jacksonville State, so he's got at least one season remaining of eligibility. Uh, I think this guy looks the part to me as someone who can come in and compete for a defensive end spot in the rotation. Thanks for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. On Monday's episode, we'll be reviewing everything that happened in the scrimmage over the weekend as spring football will come to a close within the next week. Now make your second listen, Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.